Mark Spector, mercenary, millionaire playboy, cab driver, avatar to the god of the moon. Although Mark wears many hats, what truly makes him special is how he uses his personal turmoil as fuel for his war on crime. In this episode of Night Night Spectre, we briefly introduce the origins of Moon Knight, Marvel's iconic and very complex hero of the night. episode of Night Night Spectre, the podcast that explores the stories, characters, and splintered mind of Moon Knight. I'm your host, Elizabeth. And I'm Lawrence. With the release of Moon Knight coming fast, we wanted to use this opportunity to help break down the crazy, dark, and oftentimes straight-up confusing world of Moon Knight for those of you who are new to the series. Yeah, so this inaugural episode of Night Night Spectre is really meant to serve as a a 101 for those of you that are new to the series and new to Moon Knight overall, and for those of you who are familiar with Moon Knight but would like a refresher before Oscar Isaac dons the white mask. But, you know, that being said, too, um, this is going to be like as spoiler free as possible and we'll probably like touch on things but we won't go too in depth so if there's something interesting that pops up or something that's said which there probably will be just keep listening to the podcast and it'll probably come up in a different episode but before we get started on this uh we just want to do a little bit of housekeeping um you know here on night night specter and the lore party podcast network overall we'd love to hear from our listeners so if you have any specific moon night questions for elizabeth and i uh, feel free to email us at nightnightspectre at gmail.com and your thoughts, questions, ideas may appear in a future episode. And of course, if you want to stay up to date with the overall Lore Party team, uh, connect with us on Instagram, Twitter, and Twitch at Lore underscore Party. So, despite Moon Knight's reputation for being Marvel's Batman, he's actually a very unique and complex character. Is that so? Absolutely. So quick history lesson, Moon Knight's first appearance in a Marvel comic was in Werewolf by Night, issue number 32 in 1975, where the creation of Moon Knight comes about in a different way than what is canon now and then what we'll talk about today, but still showcases Mark Spector as a mercenary with a little bit more of a moral compass than expected. So speaking of Mark Spector... The man behind, well, one of the many people behind the mask of Moon Knight, and and that'll make more sense in the future. But to better understand Moon Knight overall and this world, we do have to have a good understanding of Mark Spector. So that's what we want to cover on the first part of this kind of like shallow dive into the world of Moon Knight. <laughs> Mark is the main man, if you will. Yes, Mark is the main man. <laughs> So Mark Spector was born the son of a rabbi, and although he has a mostly, yeah, very, very strong emphasis, well, actually not emphasis on mostly, pretty much air quotes mostly, (laughs) but 
he has a mostly normal childhood. Uh, recent runs of the comic books, though, have given us kind of a glimpse into some of the traumatic events that he dealt with in his early life and how it helped shape his overall fractured state of being and how that actually plays into Moon Knight overall. And though we won't fully get into it now, it has become clear in recent runs that uh, Mark's mental illness, as well as his, his connection to Kanchu, may have first been established as a young child. There is actually a run that we're not going to cover now, but Mark goes through a very traumatic event uh, with uh, someone that was close to his family. And um, at that time, we actually see Kanchu first appears to Mark. And uh, some other people that are important to like Moon Knight's overall character appear. So going into Mark's adulthood, sometime sometime around his early adult years, he joined the Marines and worked as a CIA operative. And eventually, despite his feelings about uh, violence and um, morality, Mark eventually becomes a mercenary in the private sector. Somehow. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, hey, if you're kind-hearted, just go into the private sector. You can make a lot of money. I, I guess killing people that you think deserve it is okay, I guess. <laughs> it's worked out so far. <laughs> but during one especially crazy job, Mark's life would be changed forever. Which is where we get into his origin story, if you will. Bum, bum, bum. So despite warnings from his partner, Frenchie, Mark takes a job as a hired gun for Raul Bushman. During this job, they go to a archaeological dig in Egypt and, because Bushman is super interested in the tomb that they just found. Also, spoiler alert, Bushman is a crazy son of a bitch. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> which we will definitely absolutely get into in later episodes. Yes. Don't you worry. Deep yes. dive will come. Yes, because a side tangent I have that I always I always love to talk about and especially in like the newer runs where they go back over Mark's origin story, like Bushman, my favorite thing about him is when he's first introduced, he's sitting in a room with these skulls on like one of those like shitty like assembly chairs and there's just a bottle of Hennessy right next to him. So like Classic. the man, man has a, has definite black air force one energy. So he's a bad, Respect. yes, he's a bad dude. I saw the Henny. I was like, don't fuck with that man. <laughs> all great signs. All great signs. <laughs> so clearly it is no surprise that Bushman is willing to do really whatever it takes to get what he wants. And since he wants access to this tomb that they just found, um, he is willing to kill an unarmed archaeologist, Dr. Peter Allren, in front of his dig team, which his dig team included his daughter, Marlene. <laughs> Whoops. Uh, oops. Mark, because of his moral compass, you can't kill unarmed people, man. Uh, gets into it with Bushman. Unfortunately, Bushman, being the badass that he is, just completely wins this fight, leaves Mark le like half beaten to death, stranded in the desert, 
basically things are looking grim for him. It's like a Mr. Biggs music video. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) Eventually, he gets to the tomb the archaeologist had been digging at, which is the Pharaoh Seti's tomb. And when they get there, Marlene and the people that she is with place Mark under the statue of what happens to be Khonshu, the Egyptian god of the moon. And Marlene gets to basically watch the life fade away from Mark as he's laying in front of the statue. But Khonshu appears to Mark and offers him a deal. Which, which before we talk about the deal, like, let's think about how funny that is. Instead of taking this man that just, like, got the absolute shit. Oh, do you need a medic? How about some uh, Egyptian deities instead? Let's get some magic. <laughs> I, I, she probably didn't even think that anything would come of that. So she's sitting here probably like, well, I, I don't have the medical expertise to fix this. We're literally in the middle of not, you know, a city. So I guess I'll just sit here and casually watch Mark die. I mean, her dad did just get shot, so, like, I think that's that true. She's... she's probably grieving so much right now. I, she's definitely not thinking straight. I will definitely give her a pass. <laughs> but to go to the offer. This feels very, like, so- sell my soul to the devil kind of situation. But Conchu comes to Mark is basically like, I will give you a second chance at life in exchange for being my vessel, my avatar on Earth. And Mark, not wanting to die, accepts said offer. And once he's reanimated, he takes the white cloak that is on Conchu's statue, dons that as he goes back after Bushman and succeeds in winning that fight at least yeah i mean there has to be something you know something has to be up if the dude you thought you just killed comes back and he's like wearing a cloak and he's and he's fully uh able to fight so like that yeah but shortly after shortly after mark takes his revenge on on bushman and defeats him he decides to become moon knight in an official capacity and while it's really very unclear. Very unclear. Whether this resurrection gave him any extra powers. Though, like, according to the Marvel site, one of the powers that he may or may not currently have is enhanced strength during full moons. And at one point, he could drain others' life forces simply by touching them, which is very rogue of him. Yes, and and the the may or may not very much applies to all things Moon Knight. Some things are very much left up to interpretation. Yes, in this uh, comic series. So when you hear us in future episodes say may or may not, that's like not us being cute. That's just generally how they write this comic all the time. Yeah, they they don't spoon feed you what's happening and tell you how you need to interpret it, which is, I think, one of the things that I really love about Moon Knight in general, because I'm not being told what I need to think, you can interpret things. Yes, but one thing that we don't need to interpret is that we'll be right back after these messages. Love it. And we're back. Now let's talk about Mark's mental illness. 
Yes, which is, um, which has evolved over the years, but has it become increasingly more? Um, it's been better written. Yeah, and I guess I'm not gonna say mental illness. I'm gonna say his mental health, just in general. Yeah. Um, and in later episode, we'll dig deeper into Mark's mental health since it is such a big aspect of his character and crime fighting methods. But we can't. We cannot have a Moon Knight 101 without touching on his mental health at all. So over the course of the comic book runs, it's changed from time to time on when and why or even what Mark is dealing with mentally. But in the all new, all different Moon Knight run, it reestablished for us that our current version of Mark has disassociative identity disorder or DID which was previously referred to as multiple personality disorder or split personality disorder. Yeah, which is um, also in earlier runs of the comic book was uh, misclassified as schizophrenia. So it's been a long, it's been a very long ride to kind of get to a more realistic interpretation of like the things that, that are going on inside of like Mark's psyche. Absolutely. And DID just generally is one of those mental health issues that has a lot of like gray and weird areas and studies behind it. There's a a lot of things going on there, which we will definitely get into in a deeper aspect in later episodes. But to go over just like for everybody's definition According to the Cleveland Clinic, people with DID have two or more separate identities, and these personalities control their behavior at different times. Each identity has its own personal history, traits, likes, and dislikes. Which is exactly what we see. Yes, absolutely. And the most notable and consistent alternate personalities or alters that Mark has are millionaire Steve Grant and cabbie Jake Lockley. But Mark also has other alters briefly, like Wolverine, Spider-Man, and Captain America. That is definitely... <laughs> those last <laughs> ones, That's def- those are definitely worth their own episodes. Absolutely. Um, but also, like, wouldn't it be all awesome to have an alternate personality that is a millionaire, not just thinks they're a millionaire? Well, Steve Grant is a millionaire because he's using all of the money that Mark made killing everybody as a mercenary he his money is completely real <laughs> he, he just probably doesn't tell people where he gets it he definitely launders money stock market money is blood money <laughs> all right so one of the the final section uh that we want to or the final point that we want to touch on in this one-on-one episode are just generally some of mark's companions because unlike batman bomb 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 mark actually does rely on a network of people and he even utilizes his different personas for for different really for gathering information and and just like different different things as as i'll cover in a second so one of one of uh mark's closest confidants is uh john paul dechamp which i everybody if i messed that up sorry but he is also affectionately dubbed Frenchie, which I'm really hoping they change in the show. (laughs) 
but he is also a fellow mercenary of Mark's, fellow friend and mercenary. Um, he's assisted Mark on many uh, missions, and he is also responsible for the creation of the Mooncopter. Yes, Moon Knight does have a helicopter, and it's badass. Frenchie is the the getaway. Yes. And he's also like serves as Mark's, I don't know, I guess you could sort of say voice of reason. Oh, absolutely. He definitely acts as like a conscience for Mark. Because Moon Knight does go off the uh, rails it's from time to time. Yeah. he. I mean, you know, the man is under a lot of stress. <laughs> yes. Mark's next closest confidant is Marlene Allround. She's the archaeologist that we mentioned during Mar uh, during the Moon Knight origin story. That got to watch him die. <laughs> that yeah, that basically put him in front of the uh, altar of Kanchu and um, was the reason why he became Moon Knight. I mean, I still stand by like that probably wasn't the best thing to do to a guy who just got his ass kicked. But you know, hey, we're all we're all grieving about the about the loss of things, you know. <laughs> But she and Mark really meet before Raoul Bushman kills her dad. That was like their first chance encounter. So, you know, match made in heaven. Despite her initial belief that Kanchu wasn't real, even though she puts Mark in front of the statue, she supports his career as Moon Knight. She acts as his advisor and aide and uh, on and off again lover, which drama <laughs> will definitely come up in a future episode because it's it's a uh, they have a complicated relationship absolutely she later believes that Kanchu is real but also still encourages moon knight to leave the violence behind so just like between frenchy and marlene those are his like two people that he um turns to the most so they have the most influence on Mark Spector and Mark Spector as Moon Knight, as well as his other identities. They're the main squeezes, if you will. Yes. <laughs> and then another person that really Mark as Jake Locklear works with a lot is uh, Jean Landers. She manages a diner and she provides Jake Lockley with information. So when Mark isn't taking over his millionaire persona, he is hitting the streets as Jake Locklear, which we'll cover in a second. And then one of um, one of Mark's last human, uh, <laughs> one <of> Mark, <laughs> yeah, one of Mark's last human confidants is Bernard Crawley, who's a homeless man and former textbook salesman who also acts as one of Moon Knight's informants. He'll um, really pretty much just report any sort of like unusual activity on the streets instead of instead of helping this man out by ending his homelessness with his millions of dollars from Steve Grant's he lets him money thing. <laughs> he lets him stay there because that's going to be a viable source of information. And so one of Mark's like one of Mark's last companions, and you can honestly you could use the term companion loosely is Kanchu, the god of the moon who Mark serves as his um, avatar in the real world. Kanchu and Mark have a, a strange relationship because like Kanchu has acted as an aggressor at times. And then Kanchu has also been like a very good advisor 
towards Mark. So I'm actually curious to see how they're going to portray this in the show. And we will actually have some more episodes that are uh, specifically on Kanchu, like his origins and um, yeah, everything of that nature. So now we have three more people, but can, but guess what? They're all Mark. <laughs> they're not physically separate people. <laughs> yes, they're just reskinned Mark Spector. So as we mentioned, Mark does have dissociative identity disorder, and he does create these different personas for different aspects of his life as a crime fighter overall. As we mentioned, Steve Grant, uh, he is Mark's oldest persona. And while very passive in nature, he fulfills the role of uh, Mark's rich playboy identity. He is the businessman. He's the schmoozer. He's not a fighter at all. <laughs> Matter of fact, he is definitely not the person to call on um, when you need some extra muscle. That would be Jake Lockley, the crazy cab driver. <laughs> that Conchu even himself is kind of like, I don't know about this guy with. Yes, he is the guy that's he's got a taxi cab. He's driving around. He's hitting the streets directly uh, to to gain information. So he's the one who's contacting these informants on the streets. And he is the one going out at night before the Moon Knight costume is donned. He's definitely a man that earns his five o'clock shadow. Yes. Yeah, he is gruff, like noir, uh, Casablanca, giant trench coat man that'll punch you in the face and probably be like, yeah, see? Always wearing that same hat. Yes, all the same hat all the damn time. But he is a, he very much a hothead. He's the exact opposite of Steve Grant's personality where he'll whoop your ass in a second. Absolutely. Without, with no questions asked. And then the final, the final persona is kind of funny because the final persona is Mr. Knight. And Mr. Knight is a the sort of like Mark's detective persona that is basically Moon Knight in a white suit. Yeah, it's more like an alias than I guess I would say a persona. But yeah, it literally is just like Moon Knight light in yeah. a white, like fancy Moon Knight. <laughs> because he really acts as like a consultant to he'll normally work with uh the NYPD detective Flint. So like they're really working on a like kind of like a consultant uh, like detective kind of basis while Moon Knight is still out there doing his like vigilante activities. Right. So he is very much kind of working with the police, but also outside of the law. <laughs> so, yeah. So, I mean, that that basically wraps it up for Mark's list of companions that are more notable there are a lot. Mark has way more companions in this, and we'll cover them when we go into additional runs in the future. But like these are the main ones that uh, we're going to touch on first in this in this podcast, and ones that you'll probably see in the Disney Plus show. Yeah. So, and with that, we're you know we're getting to the end of this episode. This is definitely going to be one of our shorter episodes once we start doing some of the deep dives into the runs and specific characters uh there's a lot more that we'll have to we'll want to cover this is just kind of giving you guys this your first taste in moon knight definitely a quick 101 yes 
because there's so much to this world. Um, and I think that's what I really love about like Moon Knight overall. He's this like just super interesting character because he is this person that is very much dealt with the shit into the stake in life and understatement kind of (laughs) and to a to a significant degree it's broken him but what makes him interesting is he does use everything his life has thrown at him in service of others we'll cover this more we'll cover this more in other chat in uh, other episodes but like his connection to Kanchu kind of came because of the what was said is the weakness of his mind but he still ends up turning that weakness into a strength eventually is you know is is moon knight perfect hell no not at all no not in the least bit but he is one of the few superheroes that i can think of in recent memory that embrace their shortcomings instead of hiding them so i I'm super excited to see how this character comes to life. And I'm super excited to see, um, you know, how Oscar Isaac takes on this role. Yeah, I think to go off of the Moon Knight kind of embracing the shortcomings, he definitely, Mark is going to be the first person that tells you he is not perfect, he is broken, or he is like not well he's doing the best that he can basically i feel like there's there's so much to unpack with moon knight he's such a dynamic character and complex character just trying to like make it through life in one you know physical piece uh, while he protects all the travelers of the night with so many different ways that they could be taking moon knight in the show that's coming up i'm so excited to see what they have what they do with oscar isaac playing Mark Spector and the other alters. Um, I can't like I can't wait to deep dive into those and the new comic book runs that are coming out. Yes. Definitely. And with that, this is the truth learned that being Moon Knight is not a curse, nor a state of penance. It is simply who and what he was always meant to be. We hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you did, please take a second to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. It really helps us grow the show. And be sure to connect with us on Twitch, Instagram, and Twitter at lore underscore party. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you under the blue moon.